Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to our Standing Firm podcast. This is Warren. I'm here with Jason again. How are you doing, Jason? Good morning. I'm doing great. It's a, it's a beautiful day out. We got a lot of stuff going on, and um, you know, which feels weird because all of it happens inside our own home. Um, <laughs> That's right. But uh, yeah, we're we're doing great. All things considered. Well, we are. We're going to keep going in in Philippians today. We're we're going to be in Philippians chapter three, verses fifteen through twenty-one. And if you if you've been keeping up with with kind of the the collection of of things that we've been doing at the Vine, if you listened to our sermon or watched our our worship service from Sunday, I mentioned in that that I think there's a connection between. Some of, of what we talked about there on Sunday and some of our text from today. And it may not seem like a direct connection, but at least as I've been thinking about kind of both of these topics, something that, that seemed to kind of connect with me. And so we'll talk about that a little bit today and talk about Paul's, Paul's words in Philippians. So as we've been doing, I'm going to begin by, by reading this text for us, and, and then we'll jump into some conversation about it. So this is Philippians 3, beginning in verse 15. And I'm going to read for us 15 through 21. And there's, there's one verse in here that really has, like when, when I read it, it just jumped off the page at me. And I've mentioned before in, in this podcast and in some of the other material that we've been putting together that Philippians is full of one-liners. It's full of kind of quotes from Paul that we end up putting on on t-shirts and coffee mugs and social media memes and other things like that. And there's a verse in here that I feel like is is worthy of all of that attention, but I don't think it has it has garnered as much attention or as much meme worthiness as as some of the other verses in Philippians. And so I think it's kind of it's underappreciated, I think, or um, undervalued in terms of some of the other things that, that Paul writes in this letter. And so, Jason, what I'm going to ask of you as we read this, uh, I'm going to read this, and then I'm just going to see for you, is, is there one verse in here that jumps off at you, or what do you think that one verse may be? And we'll kind of do that as a way to get into the conversation, but then I'll explain what that verse was for me. Okay. Does that work for you? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, so Philippians 3, 15 through 21. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my examples, my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the very power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. All right, a lot there that we can dive into. 
But as I said, there's one sentence, there's one verse that when I read it, it just like jumped off the page of me. And I was like, this is, uh, this is an underappreciated part of this letter, at least as far as I'm concerned. Any thoughts on what that part was, Jason? <laughs> you know, as I read through this scripture, the first thing that comes to my mind is that this seems to be a, a passage that could really be abused by Christians who want to feel self-righteous. You know, if we if we wanted to, um, you know, take a, a holier than thou position of looking down on on those that we consider to be heathenistic and um, and and that we feel are are separated from God as we have determined it to be, um, then we could certainly look at um, <clears throat> at people that we may consider as living as enemies of the cross um and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, so, I mean, that's kind of the first thing that jumps out at me. Um, I don't think that this is where you're going with this, but for me, the one that jumps out at me is verse 17, which says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do, uh, kind of calling us to, to live in a certain way. But, but, don't keep us in suspense any longer. Uh, what what verse is it that you have for that? All right. So I think uh, I've got sports on the brain today because I um, we have had no sports content for it's. I think I think three years now it has been. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what it the, feels the like. The longest the, the longest three years the last month could have given us for that's sure. That's right. So ESPN saved us last night with the beginning of the Michael Jordan documentary. I don't know if you watched that. I watched that last night. No, I didn't. Actually, I've been watching, uh, you know, Taiwan's uh, Professional Baseball League has restarted games without any fans in the season. Yes, I did see that. I've been watching Taiwanese baseball. <laughs> so I did, but I did not catch the Michael Jordan okay. documentary. Well, I'm going to try to – I could do an hour recap show this morning because we're doing this on Monday. So I watched it last night on Sunday. I could do an hour recap just on the Michael Jordan documentary. If anybody wants to do that, you can hit me up and, and we'll do that in another podcast. But So I've got sports on, on the brain this morning. And I think, I think Philippians 3.16, to use a sports term, is one of the most underrated verses in this whole book. Uh, only let us live up to what we have already attained. That's a real hot take there, Warren. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> But I think but I think it kind of speaks to what you're saying that there is we could take a lot of what Paul is talking about as as kind of justification for self-righteousness mm-hmm. which is ironically exactly what he was preaching against in the section we talked about last week right. about not putting too much confidence in your own stuff basically which ironically is very much connected both literally in terms of you know they're right next to each other but also in a uh, in a writing sense that that Paul is is following this only after having given the previous warning that we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he begins this section just as you said as as a direct follow up to everything he's been talking about, talking about. So you can uh, if you listened last week, you know we talked about how he's he mentions in the section before this about how you know he's got all these reasons to put confidence in his own abilities and, and resume and all this stuff, but he's, he considers all that loss compared to, to knowing Christ. And that's what life has become about for Paul, is about knowing Christ, about having faith in Christ, about everything being in Christ. 
And so then he says, look, all of us then who are mature should take a view of things in that way. And so Paul's saying, this is what I want everyone working towards. And then basically says, and if you haven't arrived there yet, God will make it clear to you if you keep pushing in that direction, is kind of what that sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, and then comes this idea where he says, only let us live up to what we have already attained. Mm-hmm. And I think there are so mm-hmm. many directions you could go with that yeah. about, man, how many times do we compare ourselves to others and think, I wish I was where that person was. I wish I had the faith that that person did. I wish that I had the knowledge that person did, whatever it is. I wish I had the gifts that that person did. And so I think this, this pushes against our tendency to compare ourselves to others. I think it also pushes against our, our tendency to compare ourselves kind of in self-aggrandizing way to others, to think I've arrived here at this point of clarity about this topic or this issue or whatever it is, and everyone else should be where I am on this. <laughs> Um, and so I think there's this idea, though, that, that look, everyone's not going to be where you are, and you're not going to be where everyone else is. But the call for each of us is to live faithfully to the level at which we have already attained. And, and that as I keep progressing, you know, I'm going to do the best today with what I have at my disposal today. And as I keep growing, there should be this understanding that that's going to look different as I go along. But then the next week, when I, when I have matured, you know, hopefully a little more, I'm going to do the best with what I have at that point and keep striving to, to live up to the best of what I can at all times uh, with what I have already attained. You know, I, I read that verse, only let us live up to what we've already attained. And actually what, what is coming to mind now is the paradox that we often live you know, it is, it's not good to be too full of yourself, to be confident in your own abilities. And clearly that's what, what Paul is warning about uh, in the first half of this chapter in, that we talked about last week. But it's equally problematic to think yourself incapable of doing what needs to be done, to think too little of yourself. You know, God loves us and Jesus died for us. Mm. That inherently gives us value. Now, maybe it isn't the kind of value that leads to, you know, pride and and selfishness and some degree of narcissism. It's not that kind of value, but it's the value that that says I'm worthy, you know, recognizing that I'm a good person and that I can be an instrument of God's peace. And yes, God is working through me, but um, I've answered the call. And I'm working towards what what God has called me to work towards. And when I read, only let us live up to what we have already attained, I read that as a reminder that uh, for those who may struggle with self-esteem or, or self-worth or, or people who may struggle with, you know, feeling that they're good enough. Uh, and I know that you, you and I both know, uh, have known people that, well, I, I, I'm not good enough to to be a Christian. Well, no, but nobody is. Uh, but you are good enough to live up to what you've already attained through Christ. That that's kind of how I see that 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 this that Paul's speaking to the two extremes of how you may view yourself. Both are are two sides of the same problem. Two sides of the same coin. Both are problematic. Um, thinking too highly, thinking too lowly of yourself are both 
uh, problematic in in where that leads you because you're still valuing the quality of the self as being something to even concern yourself with, whether it's high or low, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's good because I think there's a, there's sort of a strain of that, I think, in modern Christianity, this idea that 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 we're just terrible, no good people who are worthless. Right. Um, and, you know, I remember even as a kid, there was a hymn, an old hymn that we used to sing called At the Cross that has a, a line in it about... Um, the, the writer being in awe that, that Jesus would give himself up for such a worm as I. Oh, yeah. And I remember, I remember even as a kid, my mom talking about how she, she hated that line or, or didn't appreciate that line of the song because it just has this such a lowly view of humanity. Sure. And I do think there's a strain in, in Christianity of that, that we are just these worthless you know, people. To, to say that our only hope is in Christ can be taken to an extreme of putting us down right. uh, or, or devaluing ourselves instead of saying, you know, God loved us and valued us so much that he's willing to give up of himself for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a completely different way of sort of approaching our our humanity and, and the overall goodness and worth of humanity. Right. Well, and, and I think it fits with the theme that a lot of uh, not everything, certainly, um, and there are plenty of examples where this isn't the case, but a lot of what we're called to to do is to keep things in moderation, you know, mm-hmm. um, that certain things are permissible in moderation. Certain things are, are good for you in moderation. And I think uh, things like, I, I don't know, pride's the wrong word. I can't think of what the right word is. It's not pride, but um, having a... a a healthy self-evaluation or a healthy self-worth is good in moderation. Um, that sure, it, that yeah. You don't want to be too full of yourself. You don't want to to seem as if you have the control of your life that God does. Um, and sometimes we act that way as if uh, I have complete control over my life. Well, if this pandemic has shown us nothing else it's that we don't we don't have control over our life uh but on the other hand uh we there is a a way to say or you know on the other hand there is something to be said for valuing the the human being that you are and the the spirit of god that lives within you yeah absolutely and I think we've even talked before about, you know, when in Jesus' command to love your neighbor as you love yourself, there's an intrinsic assumption there that you see yourself as valuable and lovable and right. and and worth all of those things. And that you are loving yourself first and that, that comes out in, in how you love others. Um, and so I want to go to kind of the connection between, between the sermon and this on Sunday. And you kind of brought up our current situation of of the pandemic and, and the situation we find ourselves in. And so to kind of use that as a jumping off point, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to kind of explain what I think is the connection here between, between the sermon on Sunday and, and this text. And, and it comes specifically from that verse of only let us live up to what we have already attained. And I think part of the unspoken um, sort of connotation of that verse is is that we are being intentional 
about taking the things that we have come to know and understand about Christ and allowing those to be seen in who we are. And that that picks up on this theme that, that as we, we've talked about throughout this book, that there's this ongoing theme of of what, are, what is our life producing, who are we becoming, uh, in what ways are we maturing in our knowledge and understanding of Christ. All of those are themes that, that Paul has been carrying throughout this book that, that we've talked about here. And, and I think there's an assumption then within this verse that as I come to to greater places of, of knowledge and wisdom and understanding, that I'm going to be able to live up to those things in my life, and those things are going to be seen in my life. And, and to reference again, last, last Michael Jordan documentary reference for today, I promise, but um, <laughs> there was this part of the documentary last night that stood out to me that one of his assistant coaches, one of Jordan's assistant coaches in college, when he was talking about kind of what separated him from other players there, uh, he and one of his teammates both talked about how Jordan had this ability to take in new information and acquire new skills and work so hard on his game and, and sort of acquire these new aspects of his game and then immediately transfer that into how he would play and to what he would do on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And, and it was that ability to, to work hard and to gain these new skills and sort of, you know, basketball ability and to have that immediately translate to who he was on the court and how that enabled him to become this, you know, amazing basketball player. Yeah. So it was basically his ability to live up to what he had already attained <laughs> that made him an incredible player. And I, I think there's that, there is that idea for us as Christians that we have to, to internalize the lessons that we learn, the things that we gain, and, and allow ourselves and, and be, be strong enough to live up to those things. And so I thought of that in connection to, to sort of our current situation, because as I said in the sermon on Sunday, I, I think we have to, to take time to kind of pause here and think about what is life going to look like going forward? And that there's an opportunity here to kind of sit back and say, how is this situation uh, going to change the things I value, the things I prioritize? What am I learning in this time that I can use going forward? Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, there are things that we are learning. There are places that, that as we look back to what we would have considered normal, where, where we can look back now and say, oh, there, there were some things about that that maybe I don't want to carry forward with me as an individual, with us as a family, with us as a culture and a society. And if we're not careful, if we're not intentional in this time about thinking through those things and thinking, what are the things I want to take with me forward from here? Uh, I think we run the risk of, you know, when the quote unquote gates are reopened to just society and life as quote unquote normal, that we that we run the risk of just running back into life as we knew it because we'll be so ready to get back to that. Right. Um, and so I think, I think there's, there's an important place here for us to stop and to think, okay, what have I gained in this season? What have I learned? And how can I live up to that, not only now, but also going forward? Yeah, basically, don't squander the, the uh, progress that you've made to this point. Uh, New English translation, which I have in front of me, has um, it's not my favorite translation, but the reason I use New English, this particular New English translation, is because it attempts to give 
kind of a plain reading of the text to, to make it as in, uh, understandable to a modern audience as possible. But it still gives the footnotes of what a literal translation of the text might be. And for this verse, it says, Nevertheless, to what we have attained, to the same hold fast. Uh, and that holding fast, to me, I, I read that as don't don't squander what you've already gotten here. Mm. Um, you know, in other words, you've been saved by grace. You know, the, that Jesus's blood has been spilt for you. Don't squander that opportunity. You have an incredible opportunity to live in the freedom of Christ. Uh, don't throw that away. Um, and, you know, he, he goes on and describes some of the ways in which we potentially could throw it away, not just by li- living as enemies of the cross, but uh, but to to make our destiny destruction for our God to be our stomach and our glory to be our shame for our mind to set on earthly things. You know, that's kind of that would be a way in which we might squander um, this otherwise amazing and generous gift that God has given us, but he's, but Paul is saying, don't squander that. And and I do see some parallels to what we're going through right now in that we have a better, I think, appreciation for the value of connection mm-hmm. for the value of, um, uh, just our own health and how much, you know, I may be a healthy person, um, and if I were to catch COVID-19, you know, there's a decent chance that I could live through that. And I would be no worse for wear after recovery, but I would be harming other people by going out and 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 spreading the disease even further. And so that's and so we have an opportunity now to learn the lessons of that, that that my health isn't just about me, but that my health also contributes to the health of people around me as well. And and I don't know that that's something that all of us thought about as deliberately as perhaps we should. And I think now that we have this opportunity, you know, to kind of take Paul's words a little bit out of context here um, and apply it to our current situation. You know, that's an opportunity that we have that once we come out of this, we need to be much more careful about, you know, how we are going about our daily lives in light of the fact that, you know, we don't live in isolation, you know, that we do live in community and that we may need to be mindful about how we're impacting others in that community. Even if I'm okay, how much am I harming other people by just being careless and, and selfish in that way? I don't know. That's a little bit of a tangent, but that was just something that came to mind in reading this al- alternate translation. Yeah, I think I think that's good, and I think that's that's true. That the I do think that's one of the lessons that we are are hopefully sort of all seeing in this is, and I, I sort of you know mentioned that in the sermon yesterday. Just right. I think we're more aware of our interconnectivity and right. the ways that we are reliant on each other from from a public just from a public health standpoint, from an economic standpoint. From a, you know, a church standpoint, I think, you know, I would encourage us to think about, you know, what are, what are the aspects of community that I am missing? Mm-hmm. What do I miss about and from community? And how can I pursue those things intentionally, you know, once, once quote unquote, this is over? And, you know, maybe there are ways that, that, that we didn't always pursue those things intentionally before. And it's kind of, you know, well, if, if they're there and available, 
maybe I don't make an effort to, or, or I feel like I can get that somewhere else or whatever it may be. And I just think, I think there are so many of those little opportunities that, that this, this could be a time for us to, to think through some of that. Cause I think there are, there are a couple of things that happen to us in sort of times of crisis. And I'm sure you've seen some of this that, you know, or, or kind of disruption like this, there's a tendency sometimes to in the moment say, man, if I can just get out of this, everything's going to be different. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm never going to, you know, I'm going to hug my, you know, hug my family every time I see them. I'm going to, I'm going to go eat dinner with my parents every Saturday night. Yep. And, you know, yep. all this stuff, you know, we can make all these promises that then kind of once life gets back to normal, eventually kind of fall away. Um, but then I think there's also a tendency for us, kind of like the Egyptians, you know, I mean, the, the Israelites after they left Egypt, when they're in that moment of uncertainty, they just look back to what they, you know, oppression for them now looks like comfort. Mm-hmm. That, well, at least in Egypt, we had food and a place to lay down. And so there's like this fear that sometimes overtakes us that I just want to go back to the way that was because at least I knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or there's this tendency to kind of make big promises and then forget about them once I'm outside of that moment of crisis. Yeah. And I think whichever of those temptations kind of speaks to us more, this is the time to be intentional about thinking about how has this changed what I have been able to attain in my own personal journey in faith, and how do I live up to that going forward right. in healthy and productive and maturing ways? Well, and that's where if, if there's a silver lining in this pandemic and the quarantine that we have to endure it it may be in helping us to reprioritize some of those things and take another look like you said at you know how we're interacting with each other and what kind of and what those interactions mean and what the implications are both directly and indirectly and you know being more mindful about that and yeah i could definitely see a lot of people and companies and individuals, myself perhaps included, at the end of this going, oh yeah, things are going to be different now, and then just kind of easily right. sliding back into old habits. But um, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe we can help keep ourselves accountable to, you know, make this a more meaningful um, lesson than just that. Yeah. And I think one, one kind of quick tangible example of that, and then we'll wrap up, is because I mentioned in the sermon yesterday as well, you know, I think we've, at least for me, I've become aware of sort of the uh, the necessity, the impact of, of small gestures of, of kindness and, and community that I probably always knew about but didn't always pursue to the level that I should. Yeah. And, and so like one tangible example of that for me is that there's this, um, there's this elderly lady who lives like right across the street from our house. And, and, you know, I, I could tell that she lived there by herself. She, she had what seemed like, you know, family coming to check on her every once in a while. But, but it's just her in this house. And she walks with a walker and, and you know, kind of can still get around, but it was just her. And so I had had the thought for a long time that's like, I should probably go, like, introduce myself to her. And just, like, you know, say, hey, you know, if you ever need anything, we're across the street. But I just never done it. I was like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of awkward, and she's got people checking on her. And so it was one of those things that I knew would probably be a good thing to do, but I'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. And and so once this started, I was like, well, I don't want to go like introduce myself to her now and <laughs> you know um, get close to her. 
So it just wrote her a note, put it in her mailbox, and said, you know, if you need anything, here's our phone numbers. We're across the street. Um, and so she ended up calling me, and we had a good conversation about how much you know she she appreciated that, and she did have family, but it was nice to to have someone you know close there. And uh, and so it made me realize, you know, I don't think you know probably no one else from the neighborhood had reached out to her or done that, and and what an opportunity missed that was for for those of us who were more physically able just to reach out with someone right there next to us and at least establish contact. <laughs> Um, and so I, that was just one way that I was thinking of for me as I was kind of thinking through some of that yesterday that that there are probably ways that things that maybe we, we knew would have been valuable but we had just never been pushed to pursue mm-hmm. and this is a time to be thinking about those and thinking about how we can carry that going forward as well so it doesn't just become something that we do yeah, now that's right and uh, I mean human nature is that we don't always learn lessons that easily but hopefully you know, this time we can That's right. keep that in mind. All right. Well, uh, we didn't even get into some of the rest of that, but we'll, that's a, probably as good of a stopping place for today as any. So, <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for your thoughts and, sure. and in participation again today, Jason. And if you've got any closing thoughts, you can, you can share those or, or close us out in prayer. Um, well, I just also wanted to, I, I don't know how, important this is uh, for the sake of the podcast, but it is important, I think, to identify one of the verses here at the end. Um, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we also await uh, a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform these humble bodies of ours into the likeness of his glorious body by means of that power by which he is able to subject all things to himself. You know, I think that is uh, that that calls us, I think, to keep in mind that this isn't for uh, things we can attain here. It's not for the praise that we get from other people. It's that our citizenship is in heaven. And and again, that is another verse that could potentially be um, kind of abused by Christians who want to kind of appear self-righteous. Mm-hmm. And I think we've heard this verse and others similar to it used in that way. Um, and we have to be careful about that. I, I see this as more of a call to focus, for us to focus, rather than a call for us to kind of laud anything over anybody else. And so I just wanted to to make that point before we wrapped up. Yeah, we could we could spend a whole podcast just on on verses twenty and twenty one and yeah, what is a transformed what does a transformed lowly body into a glorious body mean and look like. That could be a whole podcast in and of itself. Yeah, uh, we'll leave that one for another day. (laughs) All right. So I'll go ahead and close this in prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we are, uh, again, humbled by this time that we have to um, reflect on the fragility of life, uh, to reflect on how... um, uncertain our future really is, God. Um, I know that there are people in our church and in our community who are uh, frightened, who are anxious, who um, are not used to to seeing the path ahead so unclear and uncertain. And God, I ask that you um, comfort them and support them and, and give them the peace that can only come from you. Um, Keep us this week 
uh, as you do every week um, in protection and uh, keep us safe and uh, help us to listen to the people around us and listen to the needs of those who uh, are less fortunate than us and that may be um, that may be struggling even more than we are. Uh, help us to reach out and to demonstrate your love for them. And it's in your son's name we pray until we gather again. Amen. Amen.